millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name is Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Jonathan Northcroft of the Sunday Times and by David Priest goalkeeper, scout and columnist. Now, football isn't a Hovis commercial or brass bands and cobblestones. It's harsh, modern and ever-changing. So where does the FA Cup fit into all this? To me, it's an essential part of our sporting heritage. To others, it just gets in the way. Where do you stand, Johnny? Yeah, look, it's integral to, to our, our tradition and our, our, our football culture and the kind of decrying of the FA Cup similar to the same sort of school that decries internationals, football internationals, oh, you know, why do we have to have a break from the Premier League? Why can't we just, you know, relentlessly keep playing the Premier League all the time? I mean, first of all, there's a world outside the Premier League. Secondly, um, there's a lovely rhythm to the season, I think, where you you know the Cup's coming along in January, you you know, you've got your international breaks. I think that's what gives gives it spice. But Let's remind us where the games come from. Um, the FA Cup uh, has been, I don't know, for the first hundred years was probably as big, if not a bigger tournament than, than winning the league title. You know, I remember speaking to some of the guys who, who were the Leicester Ice Kings who actually almost won the league in the, in the 60s. Um, and they didn't even know they'd almost won the league because what they remember is getting to the FA Cup final and not winning it. And that was, that was what they were focused on. That's not ancient history that's that's only a couple of generations ago and um the cup i think probably needs refreshed but it certainly doesn't need abolished or anything like that mm. um and for everyone outside the premier league it's magical mm. what did what did it mean to you as a player david yeah i mean it it, it gave me some of the best and, and weirdest experiences uh, of my career. I mean, we I, like weird. Well, 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 <laughs> well I mean, it, it was, you know, going to Solly Hull on a Tuesday night to play a replay after there'd been accusations of the, the referee being best mates with the Solly Hull's chairman. <laughs> and then we had a man sent off in the first 10 minutes. It was 1-1 uh, in extra time. We play, uh, Uriah Rennie played 13 minutes of extra injury time in extra time. Wow. And then, uh, and then we won on penalties. <laughs> I mean, and then... Uh, okay, how many did you save? Uh, uh, do you know what? I didn't save any. They missed them. So. <laughs> but, um, yeah, after all that. But, um, and also, I actually take a claim for the start of the Manchester City revolution. Because we, when I was at Darling, we played Manchester City in the, uh, in the FA Cup. I think it was the second round. And um, Joe Royal was under pressure. I think they were in about mm. 10th, 11th place in, uh, in what's League One now. And if they'd lost that game... 
Uh, they, I dare say he would have lost his job and things could have been a lot different. They could have been stuck in that division. They would have, wouldn't have went up in the playoffs that year. Uh, as it was, Paul Dickov equalised in the last few minutes and, and they went on to win 1-0 in the replay at Main Road. So mm. Pep Guardiola being at Man City is all down to me. Slide <laughs> indoors, <laughs> slide indoors. Heard it, yeah. um, Jürgen Klopp says, look, I don't yeah. have to win a trophy. Now, Liverpool... Uh, complete the third round on the Monday playing Wolves. Um, Do you agree with Klopp or does he really have to? Um, Does something like the FA Cup provide a really good opportunity? Well, it does. Um, But he he has got this historic chance to win win the title. And I'd suggest he's probably probably second or third favourites in the Champions League. So it wouldn't be opting out of winning or trying to win if if he didn't play a full-strength team in the FA Cup. You know, maybe if he was in a different league position, then you'd say, yeah, you've got to try and get them to Wembley. But it would, it would actually be a strategic decision based on trying to win if, um, if, if, if they prioritised the league. So I don't think it applies to him. No. I mean, it is different now, though. It's not the, it's not the same cup final. The cup finals to me now are the third, fourth, fifth rounds when you still got the uh, the, yeah. the real sort of sort of uh, like the non-league and league two clubs still involved with a chance of uh, a chance of making a big upset because I me mean, even getting to Wembley now it's mm. it's not the same Wembley as sort of you know the Twin Towers mm. uh, the, the fact that they change where the, the, play, the players entrance uh, from one side of the stadium to down the middle that long walk from down yeah. the tunnel is iconic for the manager, and I can see that if that was the the walk that's uh, that's something like Jurgen Klopp made, it, it it does have more sort of I don't know, it's a sense of know, gravitas or just mm, no, that that was a stra- the, the old stadium. One of my earliest memories is actually going down into the dressing room area there, and you didn't realise that when they walked up to the pitch, they literally walked up yeah, to the pitch. Yeah. There was a huge slope. They used to come out of those dressing yeah. rooms with those huge, massive baths. Walk up, and as you say, probably you know a hundred yard walk by the time they're finished. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I played played there for the Scottish press in those dressing rooms. We <laughs> won, of course, against the English. But it's there's it, something about Wembley. It's the biggest pitch in the world, and it probably isn't, but it is. If you know what I mean, yeah. I just couldn't believe how how vast it was. Um, and and it was that was just before Wembley got redeveloped, and it was it was you know inside it was a little bit tatty and run down, but it just still had this different air to it and, and a pitch that just went on forever. Yeah, I'm, I'm old enough to remember Vinnie Jones stalking around there with a beatbox about, about that size. <laughs> um, the sort of romance that you talked about there, David, I suppose you know the, the round, third round begins on the Friday with Spurs at Tranmere. What type of culture shock awaits them? I think the atmosphere is created in, in those stadiums, uh, like Prenton Park now, it's real old-fashioned four stands and... Yeah, I mean, they, they, those players are used to hostile, uh, hostile crowds, but it is, it is different, you know. It is sort of, I don't know. It's, it takes some getting used to. When you're used to playing these big arenas, mm. that's what you get used to. Your perspective in the mm. stadium, whether it's you know, I, th- I think uh, it was Alderweireld the first couple of times I went to watch mm. him at, at Wembley. It, you know, he does that long raking. Uh, Diagonal ball from right to left. He just couldn't get that going for the first few times. Mm-hmm. Right? And it is about mm-hmm. being those mm-hmm. those surroundings, and it will feel claustrophobic to them uh, when, when they're playing. And those dressing rooms there at, at Prenton Park are not expansive, are they? You know, no, <laughs> no not, not at all. It was very cosy, you know, when you're getting ready. So it's it's all different experience for them, and, and for them to 
yeah, it disrupts their prep, their not usual preparations. Mm. What are the lessons in a club like Tranmere almost rebuilding mm. itself? You've got Mark Palios, uh, the owner there, former yeah. FA chief executive, who is emphasising that, that we are a community club, we're a community asset. Is that almost part of the blueprint for the future for some of the smaller clubs? 100%. And, and, and you know, Tranmere is, is, is from... You know, and it's from the Wirral, but it's not the sort of golf courses and um, champagne bar Wirral. It's it's back and head, um, and it's a it's 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 you know it, it's it's a great football area. It's where Dixie Dean came from. It's it's very working class. It's a it's a community. It's a big big place, big population really, and a community that really needs a football club. And fair play to Mark Palias, who's who's stuck at it over the last four or five years. Got in a very good manager, in Mickey Mellon. Who's, who's particularly good at that that level? I think um, there's a chance for them to develop some of the great talent that comes out of Merseyside and maybe can't quite get to Liverpool or or Everton. The club I, I always think of Tranmere almost in tandem with Stockport because of because of the era when they were both sort of second tier and really good clubs. And it'd be lovely to think Stockport could because of similar dynamics actually mm. that they could do something similar to Tranmere. That'd be very good for Northwest football. Mm. If we're looking for giant killings, you know, last year we were all um, you know, taken with Lincoln yeah. and the Cowley brothers. You know, you know them you know, pretty well. Um, they're at Everton. We're going to have another uh, helping of uh, shocks. Well, do you know what? Possibly, if, if it was last year, the year before last, because Lincoln played a certain way to an extreme. Now they've tried to be a little bit more expansive. <laughs> they've, they've they've tinkled a little bit with the side, so. When you start taking the big boys on at their own game, then invariably you're going to come off second best. But there's a nice little story along with it as well, because actually the the South African owner of Lincoln, uh, Clive Nates, his first club is actually Everton, mm-hmm. uh, and in sort of <clears throat> he got into Lincoln because when he was just, I think he was a kid, I think he might have watched a, a game at Everton against Lincoln, and it, it just sort he just mm. formed a little sort of uh, affinity with the club. So it's uh, for him. It was the dream draw for from to uh, to get that. So it's he, for him. I, I hope it's going to be a, a good Saturday for him. Mm, I suppose it's it's good also for for the Cowleys because you know, they are they're at a, actually a crossroads in their career. You go and you, you see them. You've been in their offices mm-hmm. as I have, and you know you, you've got the you know they've got the Copa Mundials with the, with the mud still on all over the floor you've got dirty kit and and the toaster in the corner for the for the morning tea and toast it's a proper old fashioned football mm. club they aspire to more can they fulfill themselves those brothers at a club like Lincoln or do they need to move on well they they need to move on at some some point but you know they they could certainly get Lincoln if you look at the Burton Albion example they could they could do what Nigel Clough's doing at Burton they could they could get into that second tier and they they could they have to develop a bit in terms of their style of football probably but in terms of building a football club building spirit working out how to win um, what they did last year going up was almost as impressive <clears throat> as a cup run because they had an enormous backlog of fixtures. And someone managed to navigate all of it and didn't let that cup run affect the, the culture of the place and the dynamic of the club. That's not, incredible. Not only that, they, I mean, they got the semi-final. They, they only, I think, lost, lost out at the last minute of York for the uh, FA Trophy yes, as well, yeah. 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 So, I mean, they had a, a massive season two years ago. But it's um, they, they've taken the club a long way in a very short space of time and the funds have been 
gradually ramped up to to meet their demands as well. So I mean, they're selling out most weeks now. They're getting nine, ten thousand uh, in the stadium, and you're right. It, it gets to a certain point where that you know something something else is going to happen beyond them as well. You know, the infrastructure around the stadium, and or if they, if they actually move to a new stadium. But at the moment, all their demands are being met, and. Yeah, Burton's a great example for going into the championship, but I think that this season's huge. They have to go up this season. Uh, mm. And I'd be very surprised if they put a much onus on, on a cup one, really. I know that they, they've they, what they've been able to do since has been off the back of that run because of the the money that was created by, I think mm. it was maybe 800,000 million pounds that they've they created off the, the cup run last time. So it was, yes, it's it's been the platform for them to build on now, but the, the league has got to take priority now. Mm, yeah, we mentioned, I know we're talking about the FA mm. Cup, but we, we mentioned Burton. Just want to dwell on that for a second, mm. getting to the semi-finals of the League Cup. That is some achievement. It's astonishing. Uh, just you know, just when you thought there was nothing more that Nigel Clough could do with, with Burton, he pulls, pulls this one out of the bag. Um, you know, winning at Middlesbrough, very, not easy at all. Um, just sustaining it year after year. It, it, it's great. I mean, in a way, it's a shame they play Manchester City because there's zero chance of a shock. But then in a way, it's also the best possible story because, you know, they will get Manchester City at, at their own ground and, and the experience and all that that entails. And, you know, someone like Phil Foden might have one of his formative experiences at, at Burton, which is delicious. It's It's great. Mm. With um, you know, you, you you said you were at Leicester. Yeah. Um, did Leicester miss a trick by not picking their strongest team against City in, in that he, previous round in the League Cup? They, they they did. I mean, I was there as a fan actually with my my daughter, and um, <laughs> there was a big sense of disappointment about not getting through because there was an opportunity. City had some talented players on the pitch, but you know, a defender making his debut and some some youngsters and and and. Really, it was set up for a, an old-style Leicester night. And it's the fact that exactly the same thing happened the year before. Penalties, Man City. Puel didn't play his strongest team then. He didn't play his strongest team. Um, there, was a, there was a debate about he should have played Vardy. I mean, I actually think that was a red herring because Vardy's not had the greatest season. Um, but he certainly should have played Madison. He certainly should have played Albrighton. Um, it was... Uh, it, and probably Chilwell. And... Um, it's a shame. Don't be too harsh on Leicester on anyone because of what's happened to the club this year and it's at special circumstances. But in this instance, it was repeating last year's mistake. Mm. When we look around, um, you know, we talked about that tie probably being decided by a selection decision. Yeah. There are going to be a lot of selection decisions in the third round of the FA Cup by managers. So does that give... Um, uh, give us a little bit more chance of, of an upset. So I'm, I'm thinking of something like if Chelsea put a, you know, put a few, you know, Hudson-Odoi and mm. one or two others, Loftus-Cheek in there, and they come up against a vibrant, committed, young and ambitious team like Nottingham Forest, is that the sort of thing that can happen? Bearing in mind that Chelsea obviously are the, are the um, uh, holders. Well, it should be, uh, it should give teams more of a chance to, to, to get further in the competition, but at the same time, it still takes a little bit away from it. You know, a, a full strength Manchester United side being beaten is, is mm. you know, is, uh, is obviously a bigger feat than if you're pl playing against their reserves. Um, so it's, 
even as a player, it, it would sort of take the shine off a, of a giant killing, but this is the way we are now. It's not even Premier League clubs that are just that are, are resting players as championship clubs as well. So it's, yeah. I, I, I like to think that because it gives it the smaller clubs a, a more of a chance and it's, it, it can be a positive. Yeah, well, one of my great memories was was the you know Bradford winning oh, at yeah. Bridge. I mean, yeah, I was yeah. in that game, and it was just like it was that was that to me sort of summed up the joy of football, the complete unpredictability. Everyone went there thinking, oh well, here we go, you know, it's going to be three nil, three one maybe, and bang, the whole the whole world turned that side down. It's great. Yeah, that nobody saw that one coming. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Co- Coventry at United a few years back, I remember that. I mean, that that, that you know the. As a Scot, you always remember Hamilton beating Rangers. You go back to that with Jimmy Greaves on, on um, ITV sort of talking about Hamilton Ackies for about a year after that. Um, and you don't get so many shocks in Scotland. But, but yeah, it's, it's hard to know what is a shock these days. Yeah. Would, would Derby beating Southampton count as a shock? Nah, not re- I mean, yes, it, obviously it would on paper. But Derby are a very, very good football side and Southampton are, 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 are struggling. New manager, that wouldn't be... Too huge a shock. The one I'm looking at actually is Fulham v Oldham, um, simply because I think Ranieri is a very wily old character and just won't want a cup run at all. And um, that would be a small club going away to, to a bigger one. And um, yeah, I fan- if I did bet, I'd, I'd fancy just a little bit of money on there because I could, I could see Claudio opting out of the competition. Yeah, a, a manager once, <laughs> once told me. Um, yeah, he said there is such a thing as a convenient defeat. Yeah, Sam did it at West Ham, didn't he, when he put in a bunch of children and got hammered and uh, Forest shamelessly. And he, the fans didn't forgive him for it, but it was it was strategic and he kept them up. Yeah, I suppose if we're looking also Bristol City to to beat Huddersfield, I suppose Huddersfield are a very similar position, aren't they? Yeah, and I think that Bristol City have been a decent cup side last last couple of seasons. Obviously, they got the semi-finals last year against Manchester City. Manchester City getting the the good draw again, the semi-final. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a funny year for Lee Johnson as well, you know, because I think they started off on fire last year, and I think that was probably the it was a bit of a distraction to them. Um, you know, they went on. To, I think they beat sort of Watford, Palace, Man United. Mm. And face Man City, you know, so it's they're capable of uh, of lifting it against the the big sides. With West Ham, there was a revival of mood pre Christmas. Um, they've got a really tricky tie against Birmingham, haven't they? Yeah, they do. Um, that's I mean, that's a, almost a historic rivalry in a way from Championship days. Um, might need to be an extra police presence to that one, I'd suggest. But um, it's it's tough, you know. It, it it it's a fighting team with 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 a Gary Monk, a manager who knows knows what it's going to be about. But again, Pellegrini didn't he he he, he did well in the cups at City. He, he he respected them; they were important for him. Um, I th- I think he could also select from a pretty big squad. Um, so. Yeah, I think West Ham might be all right at the moment in that one. Mm. One of the features of, of them over the last couple of months has been Declan Rice. Mm. He does look a pretty special player in the making, uh, not signed a new contract. You'd imagine that he might be out of dodge by and by the summer. <sighs> well, you think so, and I think suppose looking at, if, if his, if, from his perspective, it looks like a wise decision not to commit himself to to Ireland as well. Um, whether that'll whether that'll be a wise decision, we'll see in the future. But it certainly looks one that's 
I think that Scala Southgate will will probably look like, look at in the in the near future as well. But um, it, it's exactly it's what West Ham are built on, really, isn't it? It's bringing players through like that, mm. and um, and the West Ham probably supporters need a, a few more of uh, those to come through. Mm. What about someone like Sheffield United as a cup sign? Mm. They are manic, aren't they? At times, a bit like yeah. their manager to a degree. Yeah, uh, and they've got Barnett. It's good to see Barnett back. Um, and they, you know, one would imagine, will get a few quid out of it. Yeah, and they've got that sort of cup tradition, which, which sort of, for some reason, they haven't got the slope anymore. Though, they haven't they? got this. I mean, it's, for some, it's funny. For some reason, that does seem to influence down the generations. Um, yeah, it's how much again. It's how much they want to to put into it. I'd see them being beating Barnet, but it's how much they want to put into it. Given it's probably time for Welder to get them out of the championship. You know, he's he's had that sort of span, but uh, they they would not be a pleasant experience for if they if they did take it sort of seriously. They wouldn't be a pleasant experience for any bigger club going there. Mm, and you know, across the city, you, you look at um, Sheffield Wednesday. And they're in in turmoil. You've mm. got the owner basically having a row with supports for four hours and at the end of it yeah. saying, that's it, I'm out of here, I'm going to sell the club. Mm. You know, they really do look vulnerable to, to Luton. Yeah, uh, I mean, Nathan George is doing a great job at, at Luton. I mean, similar to, uh, you know, the, the Cowley brothers, you know, the, he, he just produced sort of a good side and then sort of built on it with each year. Second place in uh, in League One at the moment, uh, flying high, and and even last year I think they, they, they did they go up with St James's last year, and uh, they, they didn't start the game really well, uh, and I think end up getting beat went three yeah. 0 down I think, and yeah. then went took the three two. So I think it's uh, again I, I mean it just depends on these sides at the top of each division, mm. what they put their uh, the priorities on, and I think if you know if he makes a few changes then. Could that detract from his chances of getting Sheffield Wednesday? But I think sometimes it's 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 a great chance for to go somewhere like Hillsborough and uh, and really sort of yeah put the put the foot on them like you know yeah is that the sort of result that could cost a manager a job? Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty febrile at um, Wednesday, and I don't think Leeds' success helps the situation. They they sort of that's one of the. I guess reference points for that club is how Leeds are doing. Um, the fact, I mean, you know, Sheffield United have, have had a reasonable era. Huddersfield are, Huddersfield are up. Um, I know there's discontent among the, the Wednesday fans. There's been all this, various things have been tried. They think the recruitment isn't, hasn't been any good. They're struggling to see a pattern to it. It always looked like a, a slightly left field appointment. Um, and they just seem to. You know, it's it's a club I kind of do vaguely follow in terms of results, and they just seem to have runs and then great big troughs and runs and troughs, and it's been like that for a, a few years. And and they might, if Leeds get up, they might then become the next big club that needs sorting out. If you know what I mean. Mm. But because Sheffield is a you know great football city, isn't it? I can I can remember watching the the derby earlier in the season, and it was Keystone Cops speed, wasn't it? It was mad. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the fans are into it. Um, and again, a bit of a throwback experience. Yeah, I, I spoke to Nigel Pearson recently, funnily enough, and he was he was we were talking about how Eric Cantona had that trial at Wednesday and, and nearly very very nearly signed for them, and Trevor Francis decided against it because it was I think it was snowing at the time and he hadn't didn't have a chance to see him playing an outdoor game. But Nigel was reminding me that Sheffield Wednesday were third that year, 
and were right in the mix at that point and possibly possibly could have won the league because obviously went to Leeds who were in a similar position and he just gave them that extra jump and, and, and they won the title and a lot of the recent history of you know recent 50 60 years of, of Sheffield has been what ifs and, and close run things mm. let's stay in in Yorkshire if we could um, Barnsley they're at Burnley who probably don't need a cut run let's be honest um, there's a f- almost forgotten German coach at Barnsley uh, Daniel Stendhal um, what do you know about, of him well, I mean, I know that he's sort of came through the ranks. It's, it's Hanover, sort of um, uh, through the youth teams and first team coach there, and he spent sort of a year, fourteen months out of out of football before he got the the, the Barnsley job. And it's everything was new with Barnsley, so you know, new owners, um, obviously new coaching staff. So it was uh, there was a lot of things to, for everyone to get used to. And but he, he's done a, a, a very good job very quickly. Okay, the, the results have tailed off a little bit in the in recent weeks, but the in and arounds where they should be for a club of with, with their budget. But uh, he's given them a bit of a bit of a change of identity, you know. And Paul Heckenbottom, they they had a certain way of playing. Um, you know, he modelled his his uh, his style on kind of like a Simeone, uh, sort of a cup price Simeone type thing. And um, but. It's a little bit more fun foot with uh, with Stendhal and uh, and on the the flip side of it with the the, the recruitment that they've they've uh, uh, recruitment staff and they've had in the background not just over the last couple of seasons but sort of four or five they they bring these young players in out of sort of lower leagues and non league and we spoke about uh, young Pinnock the the central defender a lot of people are watching him yeah they got him from Dulwich Hamlet and uh, he's performed really well he's slotted straight in there and no problem. And um, and the likes of him that um, you know that they're going to rely on because I think they've they've heavily relied on the the, the sort of the the loan market in the past certainly on the Paul and bottom they did that and it was always a rebuilding process every year because those players would go back to their parent clubs and now that they've got more of a solid side and they became a little bit more of a selling club simply because they they needed to do that now they've got the financial backing. There's not such a rush to, to get rid of those players. They hang on them for the one or two years longer to give them a bit more success. Yeah, I, I suppose also, you know, there is a personal dimension to any football story. Mm. And with Stendhal, what struck me is, you know, he's left his family behind yeah. with two young kids. And it's almost that sacrifice for the for the opportunity. It's a yeah. big thing to do, isn't it? Huge thing to do. Um, it's funny, maybe in the same way that young English players are going to Germany, this, this is the land of opportunity for young German coaches now. You know, this is the time for them because Germany is so in German coaching ideas. Um, and he's had a strange career. I don't know much about him personally, but just analysing it by just looking at the CV, he did pretty well at Hanover, um, having you know come through as youth coach and then did very well with the first team. And they got rid of him very quickly. So I don't know what, what went wrong there. And then for him to be out of the game for... Mm. You don't know the politics of the club, do you? Don't know the, no, exactly. And, and, and then for him to not get another job in Germany, given what he'd already done, is odd. But if you, if you, you know, he, he, he could be. He could be another Wagner and a Farke. That's what they'll be hoping. Someone that's been inured in, in the youth side of the game in Germany and then coming here. But, you know, I don't know, he could be, a, could, could be another... Um, well, yeah, yeah, another. Of, 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 they had Josie Marais before, didn't they? Could be another experiment that doesn't quite 
quite work for them. Mm, yeah, but I suppose if they win at a Premier League club, that's good for the CV. Is that likely to happen at Southmore? Well, like you said, it's maybe it's a cup run, something that uh, Sean Dice could do without, but I don't know. They, they, they went out to, to Lincoln a couple of years ago, and it's, it's uh, for, for a fan's perspective, it's probably never a, a good thing to be going out to, to a lower league club, sort of two, two divisions below. So, yeah, I don't know, I'm not sure. Yeah. They've got a, I mean, they've got a good chance, I think, Barnsley. Mm. Um, Woking and Watford. Mm. Again, that's a, that's one, isn't it? It's a bit of a throwback tie. It's a great tie. Um, and there's a chance there because, again, is Gracia really going to put a lot into the FA Cup? Um, Watford are a team that, you know, they, 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 they can be, um, they can be pretty poor on their day as well as great. So there's, there's a chance there. I mean, what Woking of, 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 are they the smallest team left in the competition? Yeah. They must be near there or thereabouts. That's a chance for them to, you know, sustain their financial future. Um, Martin Tyler, assistant manager, you tell me, Mike. Mm, yeah. Which, yeah. Um, you know, when, when are you going to get a club? Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm up to that level. Anyway, you know, Martin's got a few more years even than me, so <laughs> I've got a long time to catch up. Um, yeah, but you know, I think Watford is an interesting one. You know, the, it's a club that I grew up with, and and you know, the first time I fell in love with football was literally when they when they uh, beat um, Bill Shankly's first ever team uh, in 1970. Yeah, that's prehistory, kids. Um, <laughs> and and you know that I saw then that day an entire community energised by one football club and a result and a, a headed goal by a guy called Barry Endy, and. That's what the FA Cup is all about to me. And I still think in that Woking-Watford game, you might not get it from the Watford fans to a degree, but certainly if you're a Woking supporter and you're one of, I don't know, four or 500 or whatever it is, this is your day. Well, I mean, I don't know if it should be shown on BT Sport, or, or, but it should be. Because, it, you know, we talk about Spurs going to Tranmere. Prenton Park's quite a nice, mm. nice stadium. Yeah. It's old-fashioned, but it's nice. Walking on the other hand, I mean, they'll, they'll be able to see when you know how long's uh, on left on the clock because it's about five meters at the top of the stand on the far side because it's just standing room on one side. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they might have to look beyond the uh, sort of the scaffold and where the guys film the mm. filming the, the game from, you know. So it's um, yeah, it's it's it'd be a real culture shock for them, and I, th- I think for I'd imagine they'd make a lot of changes, Watford, but. Whoever goes out there, you know, they won't enjoy playing there and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other result I'm going to look out for is Accrington, Stanley mm. and Ipswich. Mm. You know, they, they began brilliantly. They've levelled off a bit. Um, again, that's a, a proper football club run for the community. Yeah, yeah. Great. And, and, and it's, it's just in that heartland of, you know, it's, it's almost like football is mined from the the hillsides of the northwest in that kind of area and it's, it's brilliant going to Accrington absolutely brilliant you know got a very good um, uh, very sort of funny manager done so so well at that thousand level. games John Coleman's done incredible yeah and, and, and a guy that just he just knows the you know he's, he's, he just knows his stuff and he's and he's he's, he's quite you know he's still ambitious he's, he's, he's got quite a a sort of edge to him as well um, it reminds me a bit of Keith Hill I don't know something like that but um, it's it's a great it's a great tie and Accrington is is you know it, it, as you say Mike it's it does what it should be doing for that community there's some fairly deprived sort of those old mill towns around Manchester 
uh, uh, you know, economic problems and um, it, it is, it's, it's, that's what football clubs should be doing. It should be a focus for, for a town like that and help regenerate it and keep it on the map. A lot of clubs in the Premier League and Championship will sort of sort of rub their hands at getting lower league opposition. But when the way Ipswich are at the moment, the way they're playing at the moment, you know, they, they'll have groaned when they've got Accrington because they'll, they'll know that it's a tough game for them. Mm. You've got Paul Lambert trying to re, you know, revive his career there. Um, it's a difficult club to take over. It is, but I mean, we, we talk about sort of um, the gradual decline of sort of United and how things have changed with each, each transfer win, window. Even if we talk about Lincoln's run, when they beat uh, Ipswich uh, two years ago, that didn't look like a, a championship side to me. Uh, and yeah. they, they didn't make many changes uh, and, and they, they weren't playing with any confidence and uh, it just gradually got worse, obviously. And I think that um, we talk about somebody going to Manchester United, it took Sir Alex Ferguson about five, six years to, to get to win the title at United and, and to change things around. Paul Lambert's going to need, uh, he maybe not, won't get six years, mm. but he's certainly going to need a long time to change, uh, not just change the playing staff, but change the culture of of losing, which often seeps into clubs. Like, you know, it's happened at Sunderland for a few seasons, that's been changed around now. Mm. So it, it takes more than just change, changing personnel. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Man United, mm. lest we forget, which we have, <laughs> you know, they were beaten finalists last season. Yeah. Is this competition their best chance of redemption this season? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can't see the, the Champions League fairy tale being, being there for them. And would it be redemption to finish sixth as, or, or, you know, even, even, even fourth for Man United? But, you know, I, I, yeah, it, Solskjaer's got a great um, cup record as a player, obviously. Um, we we'll remember '99. Um, it could just be that if he can bring in the sort of fun, if he can bring in just a sense of the old Manchester United, then it just could be something to rally around a good FA Cup campaign. And what would be redemptive, I suppose, is that you know you trace Jose Mourinho's decline back to that FA Cup final, where a man who sets everything up to be about results, um, a miserable season, I think. I know they finished saying, but miserable season watching them. That was a chance to to get the the trophy and to tell everyone how well he'd done again. And they played with such cowardice against Chelsea. It was so negative in the final. It was a really negative game between two kind of miserable teams. And Mourinho was in a foul mood afterwards, and that carried on into the summer. And the rest is the rest is history. So it, for United, it would be you know the story arc would be quite good for them to to, to win at Wembley. And and that story also includes if we you know, again we probably forget Louis Van Gaal won the FA yeah. Cup and mm. basically turned up at the press conference to be told see you later. Yeah, it, it, it just proved it didn't save anybody the, the job. But it's um, the real danger that United have got now is the fact that all those players that have contributed to to their failure recently have kind of been absolved of it because the, the, the finger could be pointed at Mourinho and say well he's lost his job so it must have been his fault so so whether, whether they think they can uh, they have to sort of lift their efforts or not or think it's well it's only down to him that's, that's the danger they're, they're looking at now so okay I'll put you on the spot yet again then yeah. um, who's going to win it I've got a wee fancy for Arsenal actually um, really impressed with Emery They've got something going. They've hit really great heights on their day. Um, and 
a cup manager, great cup record in, in, in Seville, so quite fancy them. Yeah, maybe. Do you know what? I'm going to go for Spurs, simply because I know they're involved in, the, they'll be in four competitions sort of by the time they get their FA Cup, but uh, I really think that sometimes with, with, with cup competitions, the sort of, you know, if you do well in one cup, you do well in another cup, so I quite fancy Spurs. Well, here's one for you. How about Newcastle? A tricky tie against Blackburn in the third round, but if they win at Wembley in May, Rafa will be canonised. Lovely. Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.